movie titanic minute by minute i'm your co-host rob and joined as always by my good friends joe and duff uh, hey how's it going sad tuesday oh god this is brutal um this is uh minute 152 in this minute just incredibly sad scenes occur <laughs> i don't i don't really know how else to describe it um it's we really, start out it's, i didn't I, realize that all these were in the same minute it's it's really astounding how much misery and sadness is packed in. Yeah, it's it's terrible. Um, so Andrews is you know he's looked at his watch now he adjusts the clock so that it's correct to two twelve a.m. It's daylight savings time. Yes. <laughs> um, just updates the clock, uh, and then we move around to scenes from a sinking here. Ingmar Bergman scenes from a sinking. <laughs> Um, we go to the first class cabin and we have, uh, Ida and Isidore Strauss and they just sort of embrace as water is flowing underneath their, their, uh, their bed. Um, arguably, uh, one of, if not the most remembered scenes from this movie. It is up there. I, sure. I feel this comes up a lot with even people who don't really remember it or just saw it once or something. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is very, it's sad and it's very romantic, right? I mean, they just decide to lay in bed with each other and like, that's real. That actually happened. Yeah. I, I assume you looked into the history of it uh, as well. Um, I was going to say, Joe, we found the first uh, noble rich person. Um, what's noble about it? Oh, God. So, uh, Isidore was offered a seat in a lifeboat to accompany Ida, his wife. He mm-hmm. refused. He refused seating while there were still women and children aboard. Uh, according to once again Archibald Gracie, Archie Gracie, uh, upon seeing that Ida was refusing to leave her husband, he offered to ask a deck officer if Isidore and Ida could both enter a lifeboat together. Isidore was reported to have told Colonel Gracie in a firm tone. I will not go before the other men. Ida insisted her newly hired English maid, Ellen Bird, get into lifeboat eight. She gave Ellen her fur coat, stating she would not be needing it. Ida is reported to have said, I will not be separated from my husband as we have lived, so we will die together. Mm-hmm. And we, we saw a little bit of that. There was that deleted scene a couple weeks ago where we sort of see like some of that, um, not with the... Uh, but just with her refusing to go with him, or her refusing to go in the lifeboat without him. Yeah, they they received or get any favors due to their status. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems weird to lay in bed like that. I don't know. That's that's what I would do. Well, well, what do you do? Like I, uh, so once the water comes up and they they're submerged, do you think they stayed under the blankets? <laughs> Like, were they? Do you think they were able to maintain that sort of calm repose until yeah, the I, end, or do you I, think like panic yeah. eventually set in? Yeah, I, I, d- I do wonder if their fight or flight instinct kicked in, even 
even though they didn't want it to. Yeah. Maybe. I guess, like, you're almost 70. You make that decision. That water's probably very cold. I wouldn't think it would take... I mean, even if you did panic, it wouldn't be that much until you probably, you know... Uh, I would rather freeze to death than drown, I guess. I'd rather take the Jack route than, than the drowning route, for what it's worth, I suppose. But it's, it's sweet. Drowning seems pretty awful. Yeah. Drowning doesn't seem like a lot of fun. I've never done it. They say it's not that bad. <laughs> As deaths go. I'm serious. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Thanks I for, mean, thanks for our guest host, uh, Sean Hannity. <laughs> Wait, what? It's fire. a water, wa- waterboarding joke. Yeah. Oh, fire. well, that's a little different. <laughs> well, it's kind of the same, really. I mean... I mean waterboarding's the sensation of drowning. I... Go on. I, I I don't really know about the specifics of drowning. I, I guess you kind of, obviously there's a struggle, but I think similar to with hypothermia where you eventually just sort of like want to go to sleep and sort of give in. I guess it's the same way with, with drowning. Just eventually, like podcasting. Just sort of a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing um, you know, you're breathing in water and waiting for the sweet release. Just Just lean into it. Um, so we move on to uh, my vote for by far the saddest scene in this entire movie. Um, we go down to steerage and we have the the Irish mom tucking her kids in and reading them a story. Um, I think part of it is like the shock of going from like, you know, I guess we've already seen Isidore and Ida who have sort of given up. But kind of seeing, you know, this mother with her kids who made the decision of it's not worth trying. I'm just going to try to, you know, be let nice. her fall asleep peacefully. Be nice in their last minutes. Yeah. Uh, oh God. Jeanette um, Goldstein of Jeanette bra fame. Yes. Uh, so the bedtime story she reads is, uh, in Irish mythology and folklore, uh, Tiernanog, Tiernanog. She kind of, you kind of hear her say it probably better than I sing, but it means land of the young. Tiernanog. That is hard to say. Yeah. Tiernanog. Uh, it is uh, one of the names for the other world, or perhaps for a part of it. And as you kind of hear, as she says here, it is depicted as a paradise and supernatural realm of everlasting youth, beauty, health, abundance, and joy. Um, I read an interview of Jeanette Goldstein, and she talks, I'll just sort of quote her in this interview. I'll tell you one thing about the little boy, uh, played by Reese Thompson. After we do the scene, he goes to me, so when are we going to do the next scene? And I said, oh. which one? And he goes, the one where we get into the boats and escape. Uh, and she's like, oh, my God. I was just like, uh, talk to your mom. <laughs> talk to James Cameron. Yeah, we don't we don't get to do that. Uh, apparently, though, there was another. You mentioned James Cameron. There was another story she told in there about working with James Cameron, sort of the opposite of what we normally hear, because she's worked with him a few times. And she said with that little boy, there was a scene, I think, on the deck or maybe it was in the staircase and uh they do the scene and then like you know they say cut and then they're like okay we're gonna do it again and the little boy was very confused he's like why why do we have we just did it why do we gotta do it again and apparently uh james cameron like stopped everything and then like got down on the little boy's level and explained to him like how this works and that they got to do it again and jeanette thought that was an example of james cameron being very kind because 
a lot of directors would have just ignored the child. And I feel like whenever you have kids under, let's say, like age five doing movies, that just that must really screw up their brains. You know, what do you mean? I mean, before they really have the ability to separate, you know, the idea of fantasy or theater or art from real life. I mean, I'm thinking of, you know, there's lots of movies where sometimes you get three and four year olds and how, you know, doing a scene multiple times and yeah. such. Um, Name one kid who acted in movies that ended up being messed up. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask for someone that you, didn't end up being you messed went, up. You went a different way with that. But. Yeah. Uh, most of them, Joe. I guess Leonardo DiCaprio didn't. Uh, that girl, uh, what, Mara Wilson. Mara from, Wilson uh, from Matilda. She yep. seems cool. Mm-hmm. And arrest, I think, ended up broken. Yeah. Um. So we move on. What sad the, scene is next? Uh, in, in the Cal Suite, and we we see the water lilies from Monet's paintings, and then we see I looked this up, guys. The Star by Edgar Degas. D e g a s. <laughs> Edward Dingus. <laughs> yeah, Dingus. Um, it's just, he's Sounds like a his... name that Dr. Steve Brule would make up. I was just thinking about it. Oh, yeah, Dingus. Uh, this is Edward Drangus. <laughs> it has to be Ed. This is my friend, Ed Dingus. It, it's, it's not Dingus. <laughs> I know. Well, it is now. That's canon. So this, okay, Ed Dingus. Uh, so he did this painting called The Star, which is the ballerina painting that we see. Um, I thought this would be a good time to do uh, uh, How Did They Die? Uh, Monet died of lung cancer at the age of 86. And uh, Ed Dingus (laughs) (laughs) died died of the age of 83 from a brain aneurysm. So, man, painters, huh? Long lives. Brain aneurysms are no fun, but 83, good run. Yeah. So then... We go back to the deck, and water's flowing onto the boat. Can I, before we move on, um, yeah. I'm going to do a Tyson Tuesday. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Um, wouldn't third class with Jeanette and her children be flooded be already? I think so. Well, didn't isn't the other half of the boat like going up? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit. It could be. But I, I, I thought the same thing. Just because uh, the the reason I thought of this is because one of the first scenes we see when they hit the iceberg is that water rushing in and Fabrizio and the Swedish guys and all those people like, oh, there's three feet of water in here. Maybe but they yeah. snuck into a room in second class. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's actually a good point. Even first class probably would have had openings. But, yeah, I'm assuming they're like, in steerage. This, but like they- the, uh, the ship sinking is like a sports equivalent of a blowout where you can just kind of move into the better spots because everyone left. Yeah. <laughs> it starts raining, and you're like, you know, when it rains, you can sit anywhere you want. Um, All right. So back to the deck. Water's flowing into the boat. Uh, I mean, this is obvious, but this whole sequence, yesterday's and today's, I really like it. It's very well done. This, like scenes from a sinking with the music playing it's it's very Uh, emotionally affecting and it's earned emotion too because we've seen these characters even if some of them had deleted scenes uh were to some degree invested it's not i suppose you could make the argument that it's a little forced uh Ah, 
empathy, but I mean, it's a... <laughs> sympathy. It's I mean, like... I'm, I'm just saying, like, you, I could see the argument, but I, I think it's all totally earned. Yeah, it is. It is like <laughs> this boat is sinking, and many, many people die. More people it's... will die than live. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, do you guys have anything else on this minute? Otherwise, I have some survey things to talk about. Are the surveys more or less depressing than this minute? <laughs> uh, I went. I went. <laughs> uh, I went less depressing. I thought we needed All right. it. All right, here we go. Survey time. Go to titanicminute.com/survey if you'd like to fill this out. What do people like most about the show? Someone said they the way Rob consistently triggers Duff and Joe. No, I'm not mad. Mm. No, nope. I've never been triggered. <laughs> Uh, least, least they say uh, that I leave for work before it goes up Eastern time, so I can't listen to it on my commute. Doesn't it publish I mean, at midnight? No, six a.m. Oh, okay. Central. So I don't know. Move. It's a <laughs> yeah, get a get a new job. Are you all right, Joe? Okay. Uh, I'm a little. Yeah, I know, but I'm not the levels. Blowing out the levels with Sorry, I'll, I'll try to mute my mic. Um, uh, other, uh, I just had to have this in there because they put it in there. They just wrote, are you ready to go back to Titanic? So That's all they wrote? Yeah. No, so uh, I, I, am, uh, I am ready to go back to Titanic because we had a, a listener question, uh, a listener of uh, Titanic Minute and Tombstone Minute, and a good friend TJ asked about Violet Jessup, oddly enough, who you mentioned, Duff, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a good poll that he had here, and we should have mentioned her. Uh, she was an ocean liner stewardess on the Titanic. Uh, in fact, I think she's in this movie twice. I think she's one of the stewardesses uh, uh, when they're like bringing stuff into Rose's room at the beginning. And she's also, I guess, the, uh, the, the woman that Andrews uh, tells her to get a life belt in the hallway that we see earlier. Oh. And so she survived, uh, and she survived because when Lifeboat 16 was being lowered, uh, oh, and that's, she survived, but here's another fun story about how she survived. When Lifeboat 16 was being lowered, a Titanic officer gave her a baby to look after. Next morning, she's on the Carpathia, and a woman grabbed the baby she was holding and ran off without saying a word. (laughs) They stole a baby? Well, it might have been the mom, but no one really knows. They assume it was the mom. I mean, if generally, if you're the mom, well, maybe they didn't speak English. I mean, why would it. you? Why would you like? To be fair, like if you've already saved and you see a baby, why would you like? I'm gonna take that baby. No stranger danger. Like yes. Um, so interesting thing about Violet. Four years later, uh, she was in the uh, H uh, HMHS Britannic, Britannic, Jesus, Bro. Britannic. Uh, which is Titanic's <laughs> sister ship. And that ship sunk, and she survived. And this was caused by an unexplained explosion that no one really knows for sure what happened. Some people think it was a torpedo. No one really knows. Uh, that ship sank in 55 minutes, killing 30 out of the 1,066 people on board. Oh, that's nothing. G- gets better, guys. Years before the Titanic, she was actually on the RMS Olympic, which is the eldest sister ship of these three ships of titanic when it collided with a british warship in 1911 
There was no fatalities during that crash, though. So she was on all three ships, two of them part of, like, when they sunk, and another one when it was in an accident. So, wait, the Olympic was a British ship as well? The Olympic, yep. So, uh, and then uh, she ended up dying in 1971 at the age of 83 due to congestive heart failure, which is really, really nice uh, how they die. People living in their 80s. Proud of them. Surviving multiple boat wrecks. Shipwrecks. Uh, So, listeners, you... You can go to titanicminute.com. You're running out of chances to have it read on air, listeners. Running out of chances. Also, we currently have 50 responses. Hmm. We need 25 more if people want to get their Avatar episode. And, Joe, I was going to say this on air. Are you and I, you you and I, Joe, are we men of our word? Um, Yeah. (laughs) Well... This question came up this week, and I think we should just address it right here. Some uh, Tombstone Minute listeners were like, hey, we never got our Wyatt Earp episode. If that still gets to 70, which is the number we wanted for that, would we still would we still uh, make that promise happen if, if, and do a special Wyatt Earp episode? <coughs> if people go back and do the Tombstone Minute survey? Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. All right. You have it right there. Uh, Joe, I mean, we got. There's got to be some kind of deadline, though. <laughs> I, I, it's forever. How about no? How about it'll? We'll keep it until one year after the last Tombstone Minute episode aired. When was which, that? Which would be around the time this this ep- this ends, I think. All right, that seems fair. Okay, okay, all right. Same thing for Titanic and Avatar. One year after. Oh, dang it. <laughs> uh, Joe, get some rest. All that right, seems buddy. Un- that seems unfair because <laughs> people are finding the podcast. Yeah, I'll um, I'll brew some tea and try to get this uh, frog yeah. out of my throat. But I'm do a juice yeah. cleanse or something. All right, send me um, send me a system. <coughs> go let some go go drown yourself for a little bit. We'll clear you out. Um, <laughs> all right, listeners, let's let's end it that way, and we'll be back uh, tomorrow with a new episode and a brand new Heart of the Ocean. Hotel.